have to bear, you know, bear uh, with me here. I know um, we're addressing those who are here uh, in our, our building as well as those who are online. So be patient with me if you're at home um, as I address those here. Be patient with me here as I address those at home. Um, there's just as many that are not here that are here, and we're all important in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, man, this, it is a uh, time of remembrance with, uh, you know, Memorial Day and uh uh, not only that those who lost their lives, but even those um, who have come back and they've come back changed from war um, in our midst. You know, we've all had uh, probably people in, our, in our, our families that have been in the military. And I love that saying. It's true. You know, all gave some and some gave all. And some are still giving. You know, it's, we, we thank the Lord for those who, who gave their lives uh, that we could continue to live in a free land that we live in even though it sometimes it feels like it's challenged. Praise the Lord. We live in a free country. Praise God. So uh, this morning, uh, we wanted to start a, a, a new series, just kind of a, a three-week series. We're going to be going through um, the book of Second Peter. So if you want to, you can join with us just by reading Second Peter over these next couple weeks. You're going to get more out of it as you just kind of read through that. It's a really short, short book. And uh, this whole book, if you look at it, really the theme of Second Peter is remember. And that's the title of this, of this series is called Remember. And uh, always, he's, Peter, you know, in, in, in his older age here, um, he mentions it actually in the book as you read through. We're not going to go verse by verse, um, but we're going to take chapter by chapter. And um, in this, he's like, he's an elder, you know, among the believers in his time. And uh, he's, he knows, he says in, in chapter 1, he says that I know that my time here on the earth is coming to an end as the Lord has showed me. And I want to do all that I can while I am here to stir you up by way of remembrance. Because when I'm gone, I want you to continually remember what Jesus Christ has done. Amen. So you have to kind of look at this from the very start of a senior in the faith getting ready to, you know, finish his race here on the earth. And, and Peter had a lot that he experienced in his life, and we're going to see that. And uh, he's really just telling us, you know, remember, the whole gist could be just remember what you've been taught. Remember what you were taught. Don't forget what you've been taught. It's going to help you in your life. It's going to help you in your Christian journey. Amen? So... You know, thinking about remembering, you know, man, there's, there's power in remembering. Um, it, bring, it can bring back joy. I know we have some memories that can come back that are not so good memories at times, but we're not talking about those memories. That's all in the blood of Jesus, amen? And we're talking about remembering good things. And, and uh, obviously the Father knew that it was important for us to remember because that's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father sent to us the Holy Spirit. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to remind you of what Jesus has taught you. Isn't that awesome? If you forget, Holy Spirit will help you remember. Praise the Lord. I remember just, I think it's a good practice to even uh, sit at times and just meditate and remember all that the Lord has done for you. Remember the testimonies, how God came through for you. In your life, it'll stir up your faith. There's power in remembrance. 
I don't know, sometimes we can look back and, and kind of, you know, think back in days before things that gone through maybe our childhood and stuff. This is kind of something funny off, off the wall here. But um, I remember growing up, we grew up in a village, me, me and my sister and, and with my mom, the village of Reynoldsdale. And uh, we had, we were right next door to the country, a country market named Judy's Market. And it was fun living right next door to a little country store, especially as a little boy with some change and go in there and get candy. And that, in those days, I could get a Coca-Cola for 35 cents in a glass bottle. Oh, there's nothing like drinking a soda from a glass bottle. If you've never drinking, drunk a, you know, a, a Coca-Cola from a glass bottle, <laughs> uh, you need to try it because there's just nothing like it. I remember this... this Everything about it, going into that cooler that was kind of a, a cooler that would lay flat and you kind of had to open it up. And as you're opening up, all the jingling of the cola cans, you know, king, 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 and the bottle's like, yeah, I'm going to get me one. And you pick it out nice and cold and you'd pop the top right there and just, I'd just go out and sit on the front porch of that store and drink that soda down. Oh, it was good. And then when it was over, I could take that empty bottle in and they would give me five to 10 cents back. And I would get myself either five or ten, depending on the bottle, five or ten gummy fish or the, the Swedish fish. You know, they weren't like the Swedish fish these days. They're like, like little guppies. We're talking, these things look like northerners. They were awesome. I'm like, give me ten of those. Delicious. Memories have power. You know, and, and God wants us to remember his presence and what he's done and what he's able to do in our lives. Amen. The word remember really means this, to bring back before the conscience mind things which exist in the memory, though not actually present in the thoughts at the moment. They exist in your memory, though not actually present in thoughts at the moment. Some uh, antonyms for to remember is this, to forget or to misunderstand or to disregard. You know, Isaiah chapter five, verse number 13 says this, the Lord speaking to his people and to us, he says, my people are taken far away from me. They're taken far away from me because of their lack of knowledge. If you look at that lack of knowledge, that word knowledge also means this, a failure to know or failure to experience him, failure to understand, or see him, my people are taken far away from me because of their lack of knowledge, their failure to know or experience me, to understand me or see me. You could say, because they don't remember me, don't remember what I've done, who I am, what I'm capable of. And in Second Peter, this first chapter today, and like I said, I just encourage you to read along. You can read this, this next week. You can read chapter 1 and 2 and just get the most out of it you can. But there's three things that I believe that Peter wants us to remember, and he was trying to remind uh, the believers in his day. And the first thing is this. There'll be three of them if you're taking notes. The first one is this. God is your partner. God is your partner. Don't forget that you have a partner. And not only just any partner, God Almighty. God Almighty is your partner. You could say it this way, God is your senior partner. 
When you say someone is the senior partner, that means this. He has more involved in it than we do. He's putting more on the table. He's the one who takes the initiative. He's the one who makes the first action. You know, the Bible tells us that we love God because he first loved us. God always takes the first initiative. You would never be able to get a Bible and study it even all of your life and find God without him taking the initiative of revealing himself to you. And he does that through his Holy Spirit. God is the senior partner. Man, and he's given us some wonderful things. We have an awesome partnership as believers with God Almighty. Let's read some verses here in 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read 1 through 4. And it says this. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave or bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to you who have received the same precious faith that we have. See, you've received it. You've got to take it. He's given it. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and our Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge, your experience of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen to the verse number three. By his divine power, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. I want to stop right there. <laughs> we have an awesome senior partner. By his divine power, because of his justice and fairness in Jesus Christ, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need. Right now, where you sit, where you are in your home, wherever you're at, right now, you have everything that you need. It's been given to you by God. Everything that you need to live the life God has called and destined and fashioned and designed you to live. You've got it. You may not be functioning in it to the fullness of what God has, and all of us are at different levels on that area, but we already have what we need. By his divine power, as the senior partner, God has supplied it to us. You've all been given everything that you need we have received all of this, continues to say, by coming to know him. Man, the more we come to know him, the more we understand of how much we already have. You ever have those moments, maybe you're thinking of something you can't remember, or maybe you misplace something, you know, we're talking about remembering, you misplace something, how many, anybody misplace anything in their home, or you're looking for it, and you're just really frustrated, and all of a sudden, it was right there all the time, it's like, I thought I, thought I forgot that. I thought I threw, I threw that away. Something, it's right there. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself. Can you see this senior partner position? He's given us over and over again. He has called us to himself by means of his marvelous and glorious excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises great and precious promises. These are the promises that, that enable you to become partakers of his divine nature. Oh my gosh. 
I mean, right? I mean, if you are if you're an owl runner, right there it is. If you need to get up in your home and do a dance, these great promises that he has given us as senior partner in this partnership that we have with him has enabled us to become partakers of his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. That word partakers means this, a partner, a sharer. We're sharers with God's nature. We're associates, that's another one. We're an associate of God and his divine enablement. We are companions. Another word for partaker is we're companions. And the last one is, is fellowship. We have fellowship with God. He's not just some, you know, CEO um, that's just all about business, even though God is a businessman. He likes to fellowship too. He wants us to fellowship with his divine nature. Praise God. And it's there for us. You know, one of the things is just changing our own mindset and things that we're walking through to be able to change our mindset to realize and remember what Peter is saying. Remember that God is our partner. He's our senior partner. We have everything that we need in every moment because he supplies it for us. I remember in 1997, I was praying to God and I was down on my face crying out for him to act on my behalf in a certain situation. And his answer to me was this, I've already done everything I'm ever going to do for you, Jeff. And it was shocking, but it was also a revelation. I was like, what? I mean, you're not going to answer my prayer. You're not going to be there for me. But, you know, it's, it's funny, probably you experience sometimes when God speaks, it's like at the moment your mind don't comprehend, but my spirit also at the same moment understand, understood what he meant when he was saying, everything that I've already done has already been accomplished through the cross of Christ. You already have everything that you need. Our senior partner has already paid the price and given us the supply of everything that we need. The truth is, and this is where we got to get our mind really, you know, uh, back in line with what our spirit already knows through the teachings of his, his Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ and the gospel, is that whenever we're crying out for something, if we need something more than we already got, God, our senior partner, will supply it. And if he don't supply it in that moment, we already have what we need. What we need is a greater revelation of him so that we can see what we already have. Amen. These are great things that Peter's teaching people that are for us today too. Remember, God is your senior partner. Number two, Peter says in 2 Peter, you have to exercise his partnership. You're a partner with him. He's given you everything. It's his partnership with you, and we're a partner with him. But he supplied us as a senior partner with everything that we need. We have to take those things that he's given us and exercise it. And if you don't know what he's given you, then go to your senior partner and ask him, remind me of everything that you've already given me so I can walk in the fullness of it. And this is what he says. This is uh, 1 Peter 1, uh, verse number 5. We're going to read down through 10. He says, in view of all these, all these promises, all this position and this availability and what we've given through our senior partner, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. You have to exercise his partnership in your life, your partnership with him. Make every effort, there's a part you have to play, to respond to God's promises, employ. There's, there's an effort. Now he's saying employ 
every effort. Really, that word effort there is to contribute. You have a part to play in this. Contribute. Do your part of your partnership with him. Contribute in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence. You know, as Christians, we should stand out with moral excellence. Someone should see our lifestyle and be able to tell a difference between us and just your average Joe or Jane on the street who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There should be something that stands out. Why? Why not? His divine nature is living on the inside of us. And these are some of these qualities, the promises that Peter is reminding us that we have, that we need to exercise. They're already in there. We may not be functioning in them. We not, may not be utilizing them or employing them or exercising them as much as we need, but they're there. And we can draw upon them. Respond to God's promises. In your faith, exercising your faith, take your faith as you're exercising it and develop moral excellence. Moral excellence is just goodness. And not just any goodness. It's not like, man, as French fries, we're good. No, this, is, this goodness is God's nature. God is good and he does good things. We're talking about goodness. It's not only just what's good for me. Moral excellence would say it's not only just good for me, it's good for all. This is something that is good for all. And sometimes when it's good for all, sometimes it's less good for me. Come on now. Sometimes doing what's good for all seems less good for me. But that's God. God, he, he cares about us individually, but you know, God has a plan and he has a purpose and even everything that he does in your life, we, we, we've taught this, you know this, it's in the word. Everything he does in your life is just not for you. It's for the people that you'll come in contact with because God don't want you to be filled. He wants you to overflow. You can only hold so much. We're good Christians if we're filled. Praise the Lord. We're excellent, walking in moral excellence, excellent Christians, and, and, and being able to emulate his divine nature when we're overflowing with who he is. Because we're benefiting, but we're getting a constant flow and everybody else is getting touched. Peter's shadow healed people. He overflowed with the goodness of God, Amen. But look at this succession here. He's saying, in your, in your excellence, of your, or exercising your faith, develop moral excellence, which is goodness. And in exercising moral excellence, look at this, how it's progressive. Because as we, as we desire to do what's best for all in God's eyes, uh, he says, as you develop that, in exercising moral excellence, develop knowledge. See, when we're developing what's good for all, we're going to gain in our knowledge of God. We're going to gain in our knowledge of how he's using us. That knowledge can even be understanding, being able to see, being able to experience more. In exercising knowledge, develop the strength of self-control. The more you know about a situation, the more you'll be able to control yourself from getting frustrated, from getting into a tangent of you know, maybe getting angry and throwing things. I used to get frustrated and throw things. You know, maybe you don't see that now. Oh, yeah, I would throw some things. Ah. Never at them. Thank you, honey, for clarifying that. Never at my family. Sometimes it was pretty close. Just kidding. <laughs> See, I started off with that, just like throwing things and maybe cussing. Even as, a, as an early believer, there would be times when I still cussed. 
But as I wanted to do what was right in God's eyes, understanding, as I, as I grew in the knowledge of Him, I began to get some more self-control. And instead of those times being even able to recognize that instead of getting to those moments where I get frustrated and want to throw a tool or whatever, I just, ah, and I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't cuss anymore, but I'd still be, ah, and it was frustrating. And I got to the place where right before I would get there, Holy Spirit would help me. And I would say, Lord, help me do this. Give me your strength. Help me. So instead of re reacting in a way, I could respond and allow this to grow in my life, the strength of self-control. He goes on to say, in exercising your self-control, develop patient endurance. You'll never to be able to develop endurance if you can't control <laughs> your own emotions. And you know, that it really takes the Holy Spirit to help out with that. You've got to be able, that's how it helped me out in those moments when I just began to look to him and he reminded me of who he was and I'd say, I'm at my limit, Lord, help me. And that's when he can be his strongest for you, at your limit, amen? When you can't do anymore. In your self-control, develop patient endurance. In exercising patient endurance, develop godliness. This is holiness. This is that being set apart for God. I'm being more set apart for him because there's more people watching you, especially if you name the name of Jesus Christ. Isn't it funny when you let people know that you're a Christian, there's people looking all over the place. I mean, you really can't, Get away. Aren't you a Christian? You're not supposed to talk like that, look like that, act like that. Well, you know about it, right? <laughs> right? We got that, that godliness. We're growing in how we represent God, that we're, we're allowing uh, ourselves to only be used for that, that holiness, that godliness. To be holy is to be set apart for God's use. We're spiritual priests and prophets for God to be used our lives for his glory to manifest and to glorify him. In exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection, or you can say kindness and mercy. Boy, you know what? The church today could use some mercy towards each other. That's a good place to say amen or to repent, one of the two. Amen. Brotherly kindness, mercy for one another. In exercising that mercy, brotherly kindness, develop the love of Christ for everyone. Not just for each other. Develop the love of Christ for everyone. Jesus loved us when we were unlovable. And there's still some times, come on, be honest with yourself. There are still some times when you still see yourself as unlovable or we act ways that would deem us to be unlovable, but God never stops loving. He causes the rain to shine, the rain to, to fall and the sun to shine on the evil and the good. It don't matter who they are. God, in his goodness, leads sinners to repentance. It's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Amen. You know, I think here when, when uh, Peter's telling us, you know, really, to ha you, we have to exercise our partnership. I think one of the things, kind of a subtitle under that, what he's trying to remind us is, is that it will always take God's ability to do God's will, period. These are God's divine natures. You know, it'll take God's ability to do God's will. When I was a traveling minister, that was the main thing. The Lord told me in, in 2000 and. 
2008 to start a traveling ministry, and he said it was just going to be for a small season. He said, there's a couple things I've got uh, you, you need to learn before you go to the next phase that I have for you. And the main thing that I learned, the main thing he taught me in that time whenever I was going out and, and you know, getting meetings and going out and ministering and working with the Holy Spirit was it always takes God's ability to do God's will. That's why it seems nonsense to your mind because God will always ask you to do things that are way beyond you. You'll never be able to do what God asks you in your own ability. But with the asking, he's giving you already his divine nature to be able to do it. But you have to respond to it. You've got to acknowledge it. You've got to do your part to exercise, contribute to allowing that nature of God to flow through you. Amen? Listen to this next part, verse 8 through 10, exercising our partnership with him. The more you grow like this, these characteristics that we just went through, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of Jesus our Lord. <laughs> Do you see that? The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind. To be blind is you just don't see. You can't see. To be short-sighted is to unable to see far. You really, even times when we close our eyes, you know, we blink, right? We blink, and in those blinking, we miss things at times. Just, just in that moment when we blink, we could miss something. God don't want us to miss this. If we develop and work on with our senior partner, allowing these attributes of our senior partner to work in our lives, he said, we're going to be useful. And those who don't develop these, are, they're short-sighted or they're blind. And he goes on to say, they forget that they have been cleansed from their old sins. They forgot. Remember, the antonym from remember was forget, misunderstand. That's kind of like being short-sighted. You're misunderstanding. You disregard. Work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. As long as you practice these things, you will never fall away. One translation says, as long as you practice these things, you will not stumble. How many could, would love to say, I'm, I'm not stumbling like I was yesterday? And you could say that because you say, I'm exercising these attributes of God in my life. I'm remembering he's my senior partner. He's given me a supply and I'm going to exercise those things in my life. And the last thing is this. This partnership, I believe that Peter's trying to tell us, this partnership is divine. It's not ordinary. It's not of this world. It is divine. I mean, you can't go to a restaurant. I mean, I know some people could say, you know, how was that dessert? And they'd be like, oh, it was divine. No, it wasn't. The only one that can hold the title of divine is God. The word divine comes from divinity, which is God. Amen. He is the only divine one. It's not of this world. These things that he gives us is not of this world. This partnership has nothing to do with this earth. It has everything to do with God's desire and how he created us and what he designed us to be. It's divine. Look, Peter goes on to say in 
And uh, verse number 16, kind of through 21, he says, we're not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again. He is coming again. We have to be prepared for him to come. He can come right now at any moment. The rapture could take place at any moment. Now, there is some time before he would actually come to the earth again. There's going to be a lot of different things that are going to happen, and you can't pray those away. There's going to be some prophetic things that were in Scripture that are going to be fulfilled as God judges the earth for rejecting Jesus, and that is the judgment. It's because people choose to reject Jesus. He is the divine one. And the Bible says in, in, in 1 John, if we accept the Son, we have the Father. But if we deny the Son, we neither have the Son or the Father. It's divine. Amen. It says, we, we weren't making up stories when we told you about Jesus Christ and his coming again. We saw his, his majestic splendor with our own eyes on the mountain. This is where Peter was talking about when he was on the mountain of transfiguration. And they fell asleep and he was there and he woke up and he saw Jesus and Moses and Elijah. And he was kind of flustered. He didn't know what to do. He's just like, hey, let's build a house, one for you, all three of you here. And God interrupted him through the cloud of glory and said, this is my beloved son in whom I delight. Listen to him. Peter was there. He, 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 he heard the voice of God speaking. He had that experience, that knowledge with him. He says, we, these weren't made up stories. We were right there. We experienced his divine nature. We experienced him coming from the divine place, the eternal realm and coming among us. And he goes on to say, because of that experience, we have a greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. Because of this experience, we have a greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. And you must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ, the morning star, shines in your heart. If you go to exercise these things and it's not happening the way that you want it one day, you don't stop. You keep on allowing it to be stirred up on the inside of you until you get a greater revelation, until the morning star, Jesus Christ himself, arises in your heart and you remember Wait a second, I always have a senior partner. I always have what I need. He'd supplied. Not only has he supplied things for me, he's supplied himself to me. You could do kind of a, a sum up of this whole thing by saying this. Listen, God's there. God cares and God shares. He shares himself. He's sharing himself with us. Above all, Peter continues, you must realize that no prophecy of in Scripture... No prophecy in Scripture. I know there's a lot of prophecies and stuff that are out there. I'm not saying yes or no to any of those things. They, all prophecies are judged by Scripture. Personal prophecies are judged by Scripture. Peter's talking about the divine revelation of God's plan through Scripture. No prophecy in Scripture ever came about from a prophet's own understanding. Or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit. And they spoke from God. We need a move of the Holy Spirit. People who don't know Jesus Christ need a move 
of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to convince us that we need to be made right with God, that we're sinners without him. He makes us righteous. The Holy Spirit reminds us and convinces us that, you know, in Christ we have that righteousness. He reminds us that the devil has been destroyed. We have the upper hand over Satan. He don't have the upper hand over us. We're divine by nature through Christ living on the inside of us. Without him, we're nothing. With him, we can do all things. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. If you're listening to this this morning, and the Holy Spirit is moving upon your heart, whether you're here or you're at home right now, listen, God, he takes the first initiative. You may feel a warmth in your heart. You may feel like your heart's just gonna burst because of just some guilt and, and shame that you feel in your life. God is not highlighting those things to make you feel guilty or to make you feel shame. He's saying, yes, that's in your life, and I sent my son Jesus to take that away. Will you respond? Every single one of us has guilt and shame. Every single one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single person ever born needs Jesus Christ to save us from the disease of sin. He's the only one that can do it. The Bible says that he is the propitiation for our sins. That means he is the satisfaction. He is the only thing that God says will satisfy his wrath against sin. It's Jesus. If that's you this morning and you're watching this or you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or you have at one time but you've walked away and you hear his voice today, you feel his draw today to surrender your life to him, would you pray this with me? There's no necessarily power in the specific words I'm going to pray as much as there is in you believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is God's son, that he is the sacrifice that's needing to wash away the shame and the guilt of the sin in our lives. Would you pray this if you, if you surrender your life to Jesus? Just say, Jesus, I come to you today. I surrender to you. You've taken the initiative in my life. And now I can see different times when you've been speaking to me and drawing me. Today I respond. Lord, I need you. Move in my life. Make me clean. Take away the guilt and the shame of sin in my life. Make me fresh and new in you. Come live in my life. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my senior partner. Let your nature flow in my life. And I can be a partaker of your divine nature. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that with your heart, the Bible says Holy Spirit will come to live on the inside of you. God's Spirit will make his home in you. Old things pass away. All things become new. You're going to sense this divine nature working in you. You're going to see that maybe things you never even noticed before of how you did, how you spoke, how you acted, and now it's going to be different because Holy Spirit's going to be there and say, hey, we don't do that anymore. And I got away away from that. And you're going to be like, I don't even want to do that anymore. I remember when that morning that I got saved, I, I, I felt so good, I, I, I cussed. I said, man, I feel so, and I spoke a cuss word. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want to cuss anymore. 
that gave revelation to me that God's spirit came to live on the inside of me. I had new eyes, new ears, and a new heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me pray over you guys.